Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Political State Podcast from the Oklahoman. I'm Ben Felder and joining me as always my two co-hosts Dale and Justin and we are up here at the state capitol uh, to talk about what has been mostly an uneventful month of a special session. Um, We're pretty much in the same spot that we started things off and there's been some movement but a very eventful last 24 hours. This is Thursday afternoon and uh, kind of an eventful Wednesday that we'll get into. But uh, uh, Dale, just kick us off on what is the latest on this ongoing budget debate to fill the, the budget shortfall? Right. So we, we capped off a, a month of almost nothing with uh, a very busy few days here at the Oklahoma Capitol. And it really came to a head on Wednesday when Republicans put a vote on the floor for a series of tax increases that the Democrats said that they would not uh, approve of that they would not vote for and uh, it seemed like the Republicans really wanted to force or even shame the, the Democrats into voting for it um, and uh, it, uh, we eventually saw that the, the Democrats didn't support it so the uh, the measure failed it would have uh, raised taxes on cigarettes beer and uh, and uh, gasoline yeah and so this still continues to come down to the gross production tax right the the debate between democrats and republicans the house democratic caucus holding firm and saying we're not going to support these other tax revenue measures unless you put gross production tax uh, on on the floor mm-hmm. and and even though uh speaker mccall said that he would allow a vote on the gross production tax if the democrats supported his tax measures the democrats said no that you know at the very least put it in the same bill yeah. Well, um, some of our listeners are probably saying, hey, we know all this, like get to Inman, get to the bullshit heard around the world. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second here. Um, but uh, but first, so today is Thursday. Yeah. What kind of movement are we seeing? Because the Senate has kind of, you know, maybe thrown a nod a little bit. It's to moving House very fast. Okay. It's moving very fast. Uh, we just saw the uh, the Senate uh, uh, gather in uh, a, real, a very short session and adopted a resolution that says that they would Uh, that they're asking the House to send them a 4% gross production tax. Uh, That, you know, that's double what it is on new wells right now. Um, There are still some details to be ironed out. You know, uh, does the Senate want 4% for 36 months or 4% for 12 months? Um, And really that affects how much money eventually gets brought in. And so a lot of that is still being ironed out and, Honestly, there's still a lot of confusion from Democrats about what the Senate actually passed, what the Senate actually wants, um, because if the Senate wants, uh, if, if the Senate is asking for four percent for 36 months, uh, then the Democrats are already saying no, absolutely not. But this could free up uh, some Democratic votes in the House um, who will get some kind of gross production tax increase, and it even could uh, free up some Republicans who voted no. Yeah, so it's it's possible that for some of our listeners that there'll there'll be something new on this, and of course uh, we know Dale, you're you're covering this at News OK and in the Oklahoman, um, but right now kind of kind of a nod to to Democrats in the House. Why would this put any would this put any pressure? Do you think on, on McCall, uh, the House Speaker? I mean, to, to bring this to a floor vote. I mean, what you know what what's what do you think his response is to to seeing this resolution from the Senate? Well, I I don't want to get into the man's head without having spoken to him, but I I think that. He might be amenable to it. Um, certainly, if the if the Senate Republicans, who have been staunchly against any kind of gross production tax increase for at least two years um, since since it's even been an issue, um, I think he might be a little bit more inclined to say, "Okay, let's go ahead and put it on the same bill if it gets something done." 
honestly, the answer, I don't know. We're actually waiting to hear uh, right now from Speaker McCall. He could come out and say absolutely no way. Um, but, you know, I, I guess it remains to be seen. Yeah, it also remains to be seen when McCall comes out. Is going to be heckled by Democrats again? We saw that yesterday. <laughs> um, so, and and Dale, you had a front row seat. We yeah. know that because you got the video. <laughs> I got the video. Um, Thousands you know, of people have watched it. As if you were uh, anticipating such a moment. Whatever dark, creepy hallway you're in, McCall was addressing the media. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now, let me let me. So set the set the stage here. Okay. Paint the picture. <laughs> uh, so here's what was going on. Um, Justin uh, was in the uh, gallery covering what was going on in the house. And I was roaming the halls looking for details of a different story uh, that we published yesterday uh, that we'll get to here in a minute. Um, And so I was looking up from the public gallery into the press gallery, and I saw Speaker McCall walk up the the narrow flight of stairs into the really dark, uh, dimly lit area where the press where they where they keep the press during <laughs> during the uh, the house floor sessions and i saw the speaker go up there and i was like hey you know i'm not really doing anything right now i'm going to go check and check it out uh, so i i run over there i run up the stairs and uh, just to hear the speaker speak to hear what he has to say um not long after i get up there uh the door behind me opens uh, i hear footsteps on the stairs and next to me walks Corey Williams, State Representative Corey Williams, Democrat from Stillwater. And seeing Corey Williams in such close proximity to Speaker McCall, I knew that something was about to happen. If there's anybody who's going to pop his mouth off in the middle of someone else's news conference, it's going to be Corey Williams. And I think he would admit that. He probably would say that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, I saw Corey Williams, and the first thing I did was I grabbed my phone and I turned it on. And if you watch the full video, um, that the, the video starts right about the time that I saw him. He walked up and, and almost immediately uh, started interrupting the speaker. Yeah. So uh, you know, the speaker's kind of given his position. So Williams is, is kind of heckling him, saying, you know, why, you know, basically, why aren't you supporting gross production tax? And yeah, heckle, heckling is a good word. Yeah, and yep. you know, he, a couple of statements that that's not true, Mr. Speaker. Very, right. very diplomatic. He, I think he ended all of his <laughs> criticism with Mr. Speaker. Um, but then Speaker McCall walks down the stairs or walks past yeah. past uh, Representative Williams, um, and, and and then what happened next? Oh. Uh, Representative Williams would not would not stop, and and on on uh, McCall's way out, uh, Williams said something like, uh, you know, you're, you're delusional if you think this is going to pass, and uh, uh, just as as the speaker was stepping by him, and uh, uh, Speaker McCall looked at him and, and said, you guys need to support this, this is bullshit, and you know with that Southern Oklahoma twang, and um, I think everybody who heard it was a little shocked. Uh, I think even Representative Williams was a little shocked, but he came right back with, um, he, he's like, yeah, it is. Everybody thinks it is, uh, which is, I think, a pretty good retort on the fly. But, um, yeah, it was really surprising to see a guy who is as straight-laced and, and um, you know, buttoned up as the Speaker of the House uh, to, uh, to use a curse word. Yeah, well, and I think it, it it did a great. I mean, I know that it was it was used kind of in the, in the lead of several stories, and it was kind of this this moment to depict the frustration that's taking place and put your opinions of of McCall and the Republicans aside, um, depending on who our listener might be. I you know I think you can you can obviously see that McCall is in a in a pressure spot, a high stressful situation, oh, yeah. and some will say, well, that's his own doing, whatever. But uh, you know, it kind of depends on where your your political lean is, but. 
you know, it has been a trying month. And I think what's interesting to me is I think we talked on the podcast before the special session started and we were kind of trying to predict how long will this go? We didn't really know, obviously. Um, but the thought was that, hey, you know, after a few days, maybe the pressure is going to really start them out. Maybe they will get something done a week, two weeks, man, then they're going to be really looking to, to get something done. It's taken a month. So it's maybe taken a little longer than even I thought, but the, but the, the dam is starting to leak and it seems like that water is building up and the pressure that I kind of expected to start showing itself maybe a couple weeks ago is finally here. Yeah. It's starting to come out in public. Um, I, I don't know whether the speaker lost his cool or if he said that knowing that I was standing there with a camera and several other TV cameras trained on him. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't asked him about it. I probably won't cause it's not really that big of a deal. Um, but, um, you know, it, it kind of does show how, how, uh, how, how, how much tension there is in the air around here, especially between McCall and House Democrats, and especially on, on the kind of day that Democrats had yesterday. Yeah. I know in the TV room, um, there was a lot of debate about who said bullshit, and there was some doubt that it was the speaker. That everyone okay. just kind of whispering, oh, what, did he say bullshit? I think I, I think I heard bullshit. Is that right? Yeah, you guys were a little bit further away than we I was. We were, and uh, the speaker had his back to us, so we had to hear past that. Uh, and he's a formidable presence in the uh, small hall room, <laughs> the hallway there. So uh, it was hard to hear past him. But yeah, um, there was some doubt about that. And then actually, when um, Representative Williams started in with his questioning, uh, people just assumed that was a reporter because it was all reporters and then the speaker there, really? as far as we knew. Uh, there were not any representatives there. So, um, yeah, someone just assumed it was a reporter heckling him over and over again until we looked and noticed who it was. But Well, and that kind of that kind of goes to the dual, like my thoughts on it as a journalist. On, on one hand, you know, I, I wasn't there. I was watching the video, but I'm thinking as a journalist, like, you know, McCall's there to speak to reporters. I'm, you know, some were offering questions at the time and he was answering them. Um, you're thinking like, all right, like you guys are, you know, elected officials. Like, let us ask questions. Like, this is our job. And in a way, he, it may have brought the press gaggle to a close quicker. It looked like McCall's, yeah. he kept looking over at Representative Williams, getting frustrated. So, so maybe he, you know, that frustration blew it over. He's like, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. On the other hand, though, you know, I'm never going to get too upset about <laughs> two lawmakers kind of, you know, verbally debating each other like well, and, that. And, and if you remember, um, uh, uh, Representative uh, Regina Goodwin stood up at a uh, uh, Mary Fallon, Governor Mary Fallon news conference and started questioning the governor. She, you know, she wasn't necessarily heckling, yeah. but she was forcefully questioning the governor. Great point. And and uh, and Republican leaders when when they uh, try to announce a, a budget deal during regular session. Yeah, that's a great point. I forgot about that. But to, to bring that up, it's um, also a good anecdote, I think, because it just it did in a small little section of time there explain a lot of what happened yesterday, which was a vote that a lot of people expected would fail and predictably did fail. And then there is the same name calling on each side, both sides, you know back and forth saying you're not compromising in good faith. No, you're not back and forth and in front of cameras oftentimes. And I think that was indicative of what we've seen quite a few times. So in that way, uh, it probably made for a good anecdote uh, to summarize the, the month that we've had here. Yeah. Are you getting any sense? And I know Dale, you know, you're in the Capitol, Justin, you were at the Capitol. So, you know, you're, you're at ground zero, but are you, and, and maybe I can answer a little bit. I spent some time, you know, reporting just kind of some man on man on the street profiles of what people were thinking, but are you getting any sense that the, that there's 
that the public opinion is swaying one way or the other. I mean, both sides are entrenched in their viewpoint, and that doesn't seem to be really changing much. Um, you know, if you're if you're a conservative, um, you know, individual or publication or whatever it might be, I mean, you're you know, Democrats are to blame. But if you're a Democrat, you know, Republicans are to blame. That doesn't seem to be swaying too much. Maybe there's some movement we talked about with the Senate resolution, but any sense that public opinion is is swaying one way or the other on this uh, the only thing i can really speak to uh, are is the opinions of people who follow me on social media and uh and those who comment on my stories and uh for the most part everything that i've seen not everything but most of the things that i've seen uh is frustration with republicans and asking republicans to uh to raise the uh, tax rate on gross production yeah. And I, you know, and I think that's, that's fair. I think I would say the same thing, although, and I'm not characterizing your Twitter feed, but I would imagine my Twitter feed is slightly left of center. Um, you know, I think that's just kind of natural as a, as a journalist and kind of, you know, the, you know, the, so, uh, the so-called, you know, blue checkmark Twitter, the you know, people that you follow, although those people aren't necessarily from national outlets commenting on this, but, uh, um, well, I, I, don't I don't think I don't, I don't think you know the the older uh, conservative crowd uses Twitter much. Yeah, mostly on Facebook, I would imagine. And I guess yeah. I, I I'm thinking back. I've seen a little bit more criticism towards the Democrats on Facebook, but uh, but still, it's kind of hard to really judge that with your with your feeds. Um, and, you know, it's just an interesting time right now. We won't see elections. Um, you know, for another year, we'll see some special elections. We've seen a few special elections. The Democrats would say, "Hey, they show that we're right." on this matter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking about where that, where that public opinion is swaying and whether or not that's putting any pressure at all. I feel like the pressure is just maybe for lawmakers to feel like we just want to get out of here. That's, that's what I was about to say. I mean, that's the one thing everyone's going to agree on. Pretty much everyone wants the session to be over immediately, but the problem is obviously that they want it on their terms. So I don't think that really does a whole lot, uh, in terms of informing legislators on what to do. They're going to be told repeatedly, strike a deal. But really what they're being told is strike a deal that does what I want you to do. I mean, and that's the right of uh, constituents. That's the right of voters, of course, to to put their opinion in that way. But being told to strike a deal and then do it along terms that they want uh, doesn't do much to, to move the bar. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, um, it wasn't just... Uh the, the swearing of the speaker, uh, swearing of the speaker, that might have made a good headline, uh, swearing, swearing in of the speaker, um, that was making headlines yesterday. Uh, House Minority Leader Scott Inman um, also made news by announcing that he was not only dropping out of the governor's race, but was also going to resign at the end of this year. So yep. not going to go into the next session. A, a very abrupt and uh, somewhat surprising announcement. Uh, really hadn't had any clue that that anything like that was coming. Um, uh, the, the best hint that anyone got is that uh, that uh, that Scott Inman had been absent most of the week yeah. uh, leading up to that, and uh, so it was just a matter of of, uh, of getting the announcement from uh, from his campaign that that yeah he was stepping down um, uh, from his uh, his role as a legislator at the end of the year and uh, and not continuing in the governor's race. And if you look at the uh, the Democratic caucus today. Um, asking around and personally asking the um, the uh, uh, the sort of the minority leader to be uh, Steve Copeland, uh, he he's the one now running the uh, negotiations for the yeah. Democrats. Inman is not here. Yeah. Now I know you were hearing some rumors during the day about that that announcement might be coming. For those of us that were outside the Capitol, right. um, it was a shock. And I, I'll got I got to tell you, when I first saw the tweet, and it might have been your tweet, just saying simply that um, that Inman had resigned. 
um, from and was not going to run for governor. My first thought was that there's that this was going to be some kind of political move. That maybe Inman has you know has seen the writing on the wall with his campaign. Maybe the polls haven't been favorable. He knows, hey, I'm going to drop out at some point anyways. This isn't you know I'm not going to win this thing. Um, but if I resign now, I can take away from the Republicans one of their biggest criticisms against me that I'm just leading my minority caucus as a candidate for governor. Right. That this is all just a show. And I I expected that you know he was going to fire back and say, all right, I'm not running for governor. I'm not running for re-election next year. I'm not even going to be in this in the session next year. So now all I'm focused on is the special session. What changed my opinion on that is when we read when I read his lengthy Facebook post. It was not a letter to the Oklahoma people. No. There were a lot of talk about you know wanting to spend more time with his family and, and kind of a tough time that they've been going through with him he, as a representative. He said his family has paid a, a really difficult price and uh, and he wants to to make sure that he can fix that. So, and I, we're not going to necessarily engage in rumors at all on this thing, and, and we'll see what comes out. But um, I think it's fair to say that this was not a political move, at least not as it relates to the special session. No, I don't. I don't think that. I think it um, almost one hundred percent had to do with uh, uh, with you know personal issues. Um, now, let's not also forget that uh, that Representative Inman um, hasn't done very well in, in fundraising. Um, he's been outraised by uh, by Drew Edmondson quite a bit. Uh, it was really the the first sort of round of of campaign fundraising. Scott Edmund, what did he get like sixty thousand dollars in in three months? Um, and uh, I haven't actually seen the polls, but there have been there's been a lot of talk about polls that have gone out that uh, that put Scott Edman actually in third place behind Edmondson and Connie Johnson. Interesting. Um, I ha- haven't seen those polls. I don't want to report that, but I just know that a lot of people have told me that independently. Um, and, you know, th- there may be a political component to this. There may be a component to this that, you know, maybe he did see the writing on the wall, uh, some kind of writing, and, and didn't want to pursue. Uh, but for the most part, I do think it's a, it's a personal and family issue. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I was thinking about, too, was, you know, is sometimes timing is just crappy all along. I mean, it's just a coincidence right. when things drop. Um, and who knows why he made the decision that he did on the timing. You know, yesterday was a pretty eventful day. Um, did it come after the McCall comment? The, no, before. Uh, before. Um, it, no, it came after because McCall went up to the press gallery during the vote on the bill. And Inman's news release announcing his uh, resignation came immediately upon the vote ha- uh, closing. Uh, really? And, and, okay. Yeah, I was told, I was told to expect... Uh, the the news release to come out when the vote closed. So I su- I don't know. I suppose some are thinking you may guess and say, you know, he knows this announcement to come out. He maybe wants to bury it a little yeah, bit. He's like, I what? The speaker it. says bullshit. All right, let's 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 post this Facebook post. <laughs> yeah, but no, no it, um, it was too close. At the end of, at the end of the day, it was the most read story at News OK. So yeah. no matter what happened yesterday, it was pretty much what got most of the attention. Right. But if you look at the front page of the paper, it's one of three major stories that happened yesterday. Um, and, you know, the first being uh, something that I reported on at the beginning of the day is that DHS said it would uh, that the cuts that it would have to make if the legislature does nothing uh, would eventually uh, possibly send 10,000 seniors and frail uh, adults into nursing homes, uh, nursing homes that uh, probably won't be there because the Oklahoma Health Care Authority won't be able to pay them uh, uh, nursing homes enough to, to stay open. And, um, you know, that, that was kind of the first big bombshell of the day. And then followed by the, the legislative stuff. Uh, it's, it, it was, it was kind of like, a, a, a black Wednesday or whatever you want to call it at the Oklahoma <laughs> legislature. Yeah. 
Well, and I think that's a great point. I mean, this is a, a political podcast, so we talk about the politics, obviously, a lot of the time, but there are real-world implications here, and we're starting yeah. to see that, and we're starting to hear that from agencies. And even Speaker McCall responded to that. Was that last week or even earlier this week, uh, um, saying that he didn't think the cuts were going to be quite as devastating as some? Well, he, he, said, he said that the, uh, the House did have – or that, that the, uh, the state does have the money to make sure that – these agencies uh, can get by without having to cut all of that money. And uh, the floor leader of the House, uh, John Eccles, uh, took me aside and he said, over my dead body, will these cuts stand? So uh, if, if I had to say that there, there will be some kind of resolution where these agencies don't have to take $70 million cuts over these uh, next as eight or nine months and uh, but you know what that looks like we don't know yeah and he, going back to him for a second with him no longer the face of the minority party um how do you think that changes their negotiations uh, status at all i mean does this help does it hurt what's copeland's does he think differently i mean how, how do you think this changes things well it may certainly change the the tone and tenor of uh, the democratic presence when uh, in in the negotiation room um you know, if Scott Edmund's not going to be there, which I don't think he's going to be, he wasn't there today. Um, he, he may come back because he technically won't resign until the end of the year. He may come back later and, and try to try to uh, negotiate. But, you know, it, uh, I think for the most part, he's probably pretty much done. Um, you know, you've got the, the main guy negotiating right now for the Democrats, Steve Copeland. He's a quiet guy. He's kind of like a backwoods country He's from Beggs, if, if you know where Beggs is. Um, not a lot of people don't. Um, and, and that's not to say anything negative other than to say that uh, he's not, you know, a slick-tongued uh, city lawyer um, <laughs> who, uh, who is, is a shrewd negotiator and, and a loud negotiator. Um, and I think at least the tone and tenor of these negotiations will be different. Uh, we may not see as many news conferences um, and availabilities to get on TV. We may not... Uh, see such a hard line on some things. I don't know. Um, all that still remains to be seen. But one thing that uh, Steve Copeland, the uh, the sort of heir apparent to the minority leadership, told me is that the the position of the Democrats won't change. Um, he he tried to dispel any rumors that Scott Inman was uh, deciding the caucus's votes. Uh, he said that uh, Inman was merely a spokesman for the caucus. Um, a pretty good spokesman um, for for his ability to to deliver that message, um, but but still he you know it, it wasn't a uh, uh, told the caucus how to vote it was the other way around. Yeah, well, and I've you know I'm Dale you you talked to lots of lawmakers too. I I mean I have heard. You know, I've heard members of the Democratic caucus who have sometimes been critical of him in style. That's yeah. natural. Everyone's going to have their own opinions of their leader. But one thing that's been pretty impressive is they have not cracked. I mean, as a caucus. <laughs> um, now, you know, how many of them are there? That's not, you know, it's not, you're not talking about, I mean, McCall's got to deal with, I mean, I, I get the, you know, some have criticized and said, hey, McCall is wanting you know, Democrats to get every one of their members and he can't get all of his members. Um, and then I think I said, McCall responded and said, Hey, I got 75% of mine. I'm just mm -hmm. asking you to get 75% of say, yours, yeah. but he's got a large fraction and he's got a part. He's representing a party that is in no, I don't, you know, is in no danger of, of losing power anytime soon, despite right. everything that's going on. Um, you know, so the stakes are different. The strategy is different. You can afford to, to see some disagreement and ignore that disagreement for the Republican caucus. The Democratic caucus is different. You're a minor 
minority, you're extreme minority. You've got to show, you got to be unified, any cracks and the thing is over for you. And they've held firm. I mean, whatever your opinion is, yeah. they have held firm and they've brought us to this point and um, they've gone toe to toe. And then I, I'm, I'm still waiting to see if there are any cracks that, that pop up in the, in the absence of, of Scott Inman. Uh, if, if there is a, you know, a kind of vacuum, if you will, uh, in his leadership, um, if he does not return. Um, and, you know, you have very, very strong personalities in the House, personalities that were capably wrangled by Scott Enman. Uh, and these personalities may see this as their, as their chance to shine. Yeah. Well, and you're, we're also going to have a special election. Uh, yeah. another, another one of those. Another. And, and another thing, too, is, you know, we have seen several lawmakers already resign, um, whether they were forced to because of scandal or they resigned in the midst of a scandal. We've seen a one couple death. take a death, uh, taking another job. So a couple weren't, you know, necessarily scandalous. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, if this was a Republican that had resigned, um, a high-profile Republican, I think, uh, you know, Twitterverse would be up in arms about, you know, what's behind there, what's what's the scandal. Um, it's been a little different, I think, with Enman, you know, being a Democrat. Um, anyway, it's just something that I've noticed. But, uh, but I want to point out there will be another special election, which uh, Fallon can call for before the next right. session starts. Yeah, she can technically call the, uh, the special election on December 29th or, you know, whatever the Tuesday is. Could be the first Tuesday of the year um, uh, if it's not on, like, the first or second. Um, but, yeah, the, the, she, she, can call, she can have the general election um, concurrent with his resignation. Uh, so she would have to pretty much call that immediately. Um, now, that would take an irrevocable resignation letter from Inman to the governor to be able to trigger that. Um, and I haven't heard I haven't heard of a letter, uh, probably something I could check. I should check on today. Yeah. But um, uh, <laughs> with all the stuff that's going on. But, um, uh, yeah, it would have to be an irrevocable letter of resignation. And uh, that, that would let the governor go ahead and set the election date uh, so that there isn't so much of a gap for representation in that district. Yeah, you think it's the same person that calls her that informs her there's going to be another special session? She's just picking up the phone now from that person when she sees on the party. He's like, another one? <laughs> Sends okay. her the voicemail. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so another lecture to cover, uh, which will be interesting. I mean, it's a solidly blue district. I haven't really looked at the numbers. I mean, it has been, obviously, for a long time. Um, but uh, who knows? Maybe uh, Republicans. Well, just next door, you've got Roger Ford, uh, Republican. Um, uh, you know, interestingly enough, Roger Ford... I was one of the few Republicans who vehemently came out against the uh, the revenue package that uh, that Re- Republicans introduced. His Facebook post uh, garnered a lot of shares. A lot of people um, really kind of looked at what he said on Facebook, and uh, uh, you know the representative said it was going to go down like a bu- it was going to bomb. Yeah, basically, yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, and part of that's the geography of politics, right? I mean, yeah. we have some of our staunchest, you know, progressive members right in the heart of the city. You move mm-hmm. out a little bit towards Dell City, still very progressive um, with Scott Inman, um, but also kind of very blue collar. And then you talk right. about Ford, you know, very conservative, but also maybe a little bit more of a moderate. And then you move out a little bit more and you get your, your conservative wing um, as you get more rural. Speaking of which, now with Copeland, I mean, we've got two country boys that are going to be uh, right. on your side of the table with uh, McCall from Atoka. Is that right? Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, Copeland from Beggs. So. Yeah, Beggs, which is, uh, I think, near Okima or Ogmogee. It's one of the two. It's somewhere in eastern Oklahoma, closer to my hometown than we are now. So maybe there's some kind of like rural tradition that they can do. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
maybe Inman and McCall could never get the the, the spot. You know, Inman wanted to go to some blue collar <laughs> dive bar in Dell City, and McCall wanted to go fishing. And maybe Copeland and McCall can both be like, yeah, yeah. let's meet on the dock. You know, let's talk this out. Yeah. Um, and get something going. I don't know. Roast some marshmallows or whatever they do in the country. I don't know. Tent. Yeah, Can't, that would be interesting. Yeah. The, the tent summit. Uh, nice little camp out summer <laughs> camp party. Camp out summit. Um, interesting. Well, um, so as we wrap up, Dale, what should what is what are we looking for? What should we expect in terms of you know what do you what do you feel like the next few days might include? Well, uh, at this moment. Thursday at 1.34 p.m., which which I think we've we've done this plenty of times in this podcast, just due to the time that we record it, uh, always seems to be, you know, some kind of breaking news about to happen. But um, at this time on, on Thursday, uh, w- really all that we know is that the Senate is prepared to vote on gross production tax. Uh, we could see, you know, the uh, the House introduce uh, some measures to that uh, to that order. Uh, and then from there, we're going to have some uh, appropriations and budget committee meetings. Uh, we could come back and meet on Saturday uh, just so that they can get uh, some of the uh, the measures across the uh, across the table more quickly. And then um, probably early next week is uh, when we may see a resolution if this all comes to a resolution, if the Democrats are on board. You yeah. said when we started that this could free up some um, Democrats and some Republicans. Did, were you? Did you mean f- free up uh, some conservative Republicans to vote for this who previously didn't vote for yesterday's package? Yeah, and and this is just something that I heard is that there there could be some Republicans who uh, who would, who are willing to raise the gross production tax, um, and, and especially you might you might keep them on. Um, if it's, if it's a 4% rather than like a 5%. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know necessarily that you're going to get John Bennett or Kevin Calvey to, to right. change their red votes to green. Um, but there, there could be enough of a shift in, in the Democrats and enough of a hold in the Republicans that, that, uh, they'd be able to sustain some type of, uh, coalition. Because Republicans were right at seventy five percent yesterday, if I recall, right. and, and so well, you, can't, you know, if if you have uh, what is it, twenty eight Democrats, um, you only have to get um, forty eight uh, Republicans. Yeah, yep, yeah. Well, uh, all quiet right now at the Capitol. We're back it, to the, we're back to that stage of uh, the, all the actions behind closed doors. I was going to say twenty eight votes, assuming Inman comes back and come votes. back. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're back to the the stage of kind of backdoor negotiations, which has really been probably ninety five percent of what this special session has included. Right. Um, as we've gotten to this part, it was a month, the twenty fifth, I believe, right? So we're a little over a little over a month since mm-hmm. the, since the special Imagine session began. Scott Inman coming back for the deciding vote to cast <laughs> seventy five. Does he walk dramatically he onto the John floor McCain. with this? <laughs> Man, that's great. You couldn't write that better. It would be. Uh, what has it, we haven't seen Inman in weeks. What's he doing here? <laughs> And he casts the uh, the thumbs up or the thumbs down. What a way! What a way to go out. Um, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it could get crazier. Sorry. Well, why not? Right. Let's write the, let's write the fan screenplay. fiction. Yeah. Was it was like Oklahoma <laughs> legislature fan fiction, right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. That's what we've been saying for the last several weeks. Uh, and uh, so far, we've gotten all the way to uh, square one. Um, but uh, but maybe we're closer to a resolution. We are. Cl- Every day we are closer to a resolution, assuming a resolution takes place at some point. Yeah. It could be a year away, but every day we are still 
Um, I mean, technically, I mean, they could be, I mean, the special session could can, could be in running concurrently with the regular session. I mean, that's a few months away. Yeah. But it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Has this thing go on for a year? Could we be a year later and still trying to define, decide how we're going to balance a previous year's <laughs> budget? Um, who knows? But well, for your sake. The cuts had to have taken effect by then, though, right? Well, the cuts would have been, yeah. 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 Uh, well, uh, these agencies are going to run out of money by December and uh, like February yeah. and March. Yeah. So, yeah. So at some point, the cuts may just happen and we just kind of slowly fade away. I think that's a possibility. The, at, at, the, at the very least, they're going to come out of here reappropriating the state budget to spread the cuts around. That's, I think, the last option. Yeah. Did you think that we might hear that this week? Um, reappropriating? Mm-hmm. I, I really wasn't sure what to think, honestly. Uh, this, this has been such a, a roller coaster ride of, of guesstimates uh, that I, I really hesitate to even guess what's going to happen. Even, even now that some people may be very optimistic because of what the Senate said today, it could all go down in flames depending on what the actual proposal is, which we haven't seen. Yeah. It's been well, obvious, though, that's not been a trigger that uh, McCall has, wanted, has, has been quick to want to pull. Right. I mean, he hasn't even really threatened right. it, really. Yeah. But now, but now he's got the Democrats and possibly the Democrats and the entire Senate um, up against him. Yeah, if that's the case. Yeah. How big is that conservative block? Do we have a number on that? I think was it fourteen Republicans that opposed yesterday, if I recall correctly. It's something like that. Yeah. Is is that about the mm-hmm. size of, as you see it of yeah. that anti-tax conservative vote? Right. That will- right. And 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 the people who um, who wouldn't want to be especially on the board for a tax hike that did not pass right yeah like if, if they're going to vote yes they wanted to mean something right sure. so there, there may be a couple of votes in there who if it was going to pass they would have voted yes oh okay so somewhere between 10 and 15 probably yeah okay not enough to kill it but uh, if they team with democrats they can as they did yesterday of course yeah well, uh, fun times here at the State Capitol, and uh, we'll continue to follow uh, you know, Dale, Justin. You guys have been on the beat uh, this week for News OK and the Oklahoman, and know you continue to be so. Do so. So uh, even when you're listening to this podcast, even if it's two hours after it drops, uh, click on News OK and, uh, and Dale's Twitter feed. Uh, it's likely something will be different, I'm sure. Um, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Political State Podcast, which you can find this episode and all others on your favorite podcasting app or else on iTunes and NewsOK.com. Um, we will be back again next week for Dale and Justin here at the Capitol. I'm Ben. Thanks for listening and we'll be back.